Church New Year to all of you. And the season of Advent is all about waiting and expectancy. The word Advent actually means coming. So Advent is about eagerly anticipating what is coming next. So to help you get excited about this incredible season that we just starting today, I want to talk about three things. Object A, sound, and burglary. All right? Let's start with object A. Object A is an idea that's proffered to us by the French philosopher Jacques Lacan. And object A is the assumption that there is some item out there that will make everything, will fix everything in your life and make your life all better. If I, and I have to get this job, I have to be in this relationship, I have to buy this item, I have to live in this location. And if I do that, if I acquire my object A, my life will be complete and fulfilled and content. Object A is so important to people, they will do anything or sacrifice everything in order to attain it. But the problem is, object A doesn't really exist. Because when you require whatever it is you believe to be an object A, it just turns to dust in your hands. You're still broken. You still have problems, even though you got that object A. That car that you thought was object A is just another piece of moving metal, but this time with a higher monthly payment, okay? That relationship you thought was object A isn't the fairy tale bliss you thought it was. In fact, it's really, really hard work. The children you thought were object A are just sticky-faced little crap factories that keep you awake all night and make you so tired that you oftentimes put your underwear on backwards, all right? They're, they're awesome. They're a blessing. Don't get me wrong, parents, okay? But they're no object A. They don't solve all your problems. They bring you an entire new set of problems. Many people, out of frustration at their object A's failure in their life, experiencing their pendulum swing to the entire opposite side. For example, if you thought, man, being crazy rich, that's object A. I just have to acquire a lot of wealth. And then you do that and you realize, oh my goodness, well, that didn't fix all the problems in my life. Your pendulum swings the other way and you sell all your stuff, move into a tiny home, get completely off the grid and become a minimalist. But it also works the other way. Maybe you were a minimalist before and you didn't have much stuff and you thought, well, this is no good object A. I know, I'll acquire wealth and your pendulum swings the other way. Or maybe you think, I know the answer. I'll be a monk and I'll live in a secluded monastery. That's the answer. Then I'll be content and fulfilled. I'll have no problems. Well, that doesn't work out very well for you. So what do you do? Your pendulum swings the opposite way and you become a hedonist. Your life becomes all about pleasure and sex and drugs and rock and roll and just trying to acquire all the things that feel good to you in your life. Well, the idea of object A leaves people in a constant state of frustration and dissatisfaction with our lives. That's why many of us in this room desperately need to be converted but not converted to Christianity, converted away from Christianity. Did you hear what I said? You probably didn't expect to hear your pastor say that today, being this is a Christian church. But don't run for the exit and brand me a heretic and burn me at the stake. Okay, let me explain. First of all, I think Jesus is mortified that there's a religion named after him. Because when you read about Jesus and his life on earth, 
Religion was not his thing, okay? That's a whole other sermon at another time, though. But secondly, Christianity in its early stages, when you read about it, was a super cool thing. Read Acts chapter 2. Here's these early Jesus followers, early Christians, so to speak. And what happened? What happened in their lives? Well, once they started following Jesus, they gathered together. They had these deep, loving friendships. They shared all their stuff with one another. They sacrificially gave to their communities. They met and learned more and more about God. They stood against the religious and political regimes of their time. I mean, sign me up. That sounds great. But Christianity got pretty jacked up when it aged and moved west. You see, us Westerners, we started promoting Jesus as being the ultimate object A, something you can pursue, and once you attain him, your life would finally be complete. And of course, there's a lot of truth to that. We should pursue Jesus as relentlessly as he pursues us every day of our lives. But here's the jacked up part. We are told by our modernized form of Christianity that Jesus, the ultimate object A, will solve every one of our problems. We won't have depression anymore. We won't have anxiety anymore. We won't experience sudden devastating loss. We won't lose jobs. We won't ever be in a broken relationship because Jesus, right? We have the ultimate object A. And then we discover after a while, that's just not reality. That's just not true. And we react in one of two ways. The first way people react when they think Jesus is an object A and it's not working out for them, they think, oh my gosh, my life is still a dumpster fire. I still have all this brokenness and pain and heartache in my life. I must not be doing this following Jesus thing right. I must not be doing it right. If I did, I would have no problems. So I must need more faith, but I don't even know how to get more faith. I can't seem to conjure it up on my own. I'm such a dinkus. And they just beat themselves up. The second way people respond is what I mentioned earlier. They have a pendulum swinging party for themselves. They go, wow, this Jesus stuff's not working out very good for me. I still have all these problems, so from now on, I'm ditching this whole faith thing. It's just science, math, and what my eyes can see from now on. Jesus, you and I are breaking up. It's over with us. That's what they do. This is why Advent, the season we're in, is so important. Advent is when we wait and look forward to something that's coming next. And what's coming next in this season is the arrival of Jesus. That's what we celebrate on Christmas, the, the pinnacle of Advent season. The arrival of Jesus, the real Jesus, not the object A Jesus that will magically take all your pain away and solve all your problems, but the real Jesus who is willing to be squeezed through a birth canal and live among us, a Jesus that's familiar with the mess and muck of our lives. Advent is remembering that we're not alone Jesus came to dwell among us, and now he dwells in us. I beg of you, move yourself out of the chaos and stress sometime during the next four weeks, and just be quiet and allow Jesus to whisper these words to your heart. I am with you. I am with you. I am with you. No matter what you're going through, I am with you. That's the message of Advent. A few years ago... I know some people think that pastors don't listen to any secular music at all. Um, that's not true, okay? Any of you that know me, that's not true. I actually don't listen to Christian music, okay? I, I listen to almost all secular music. And a few years ago, there was a band called The Fray that had a song called, 
you found me. And it's oh so adventy. It should be a song. I wish I would have got it to you earlier, people. I would have had you sing it today about Advent, okay? Do yourself a favor and Google it and listen to it today. And the song starts off and the singer is hurting. He's just desperate. He feels all alone, like his whole life is just falling apart at the seams. And then he says, I found God at the corner of First and Amistad, Amistad meaning friendship. I found God, like God was lost or something, okay? And then when he finds God, according to him, he has questions for God. Where were you when my life was falling apart? What took you so long to get to me? And these are good questions. And he's mad at God because he feels like God abandoned him. He even blames God for a breakup that he went through. And don't we do that? My girlfriend broke up with me. God, you don't love me. Okay? That's what we do. And that's what he's going through. But in the middle of the song, the whole tenor of the song changes. It's amazing. Instead of singing, I found God, he starts singing, you found me over and over again because he realized God wasn't lost I was the one that was lost. So he sings, you found me over and over again. And instead of feeling abandoned, it says he feels surrounded. His questions never got answered. He didn't need the answers anymore. What was important to him was the presence of God with him. Let Advent, please, let Advent this season help you to ask better questions. Instead of asking, why me, as you face all your inevitable problems, don't ask that question. That just makes wieners and whiners out of all of us, okay? Instead of asking that question, ask this question, who is with me? It's a much better question, and that question fills us with hope and gratitude. So that's the object today part of this message. Now let's move on to sound. There is constant sound in our world, but most of it we've learned to just cancel out. We don't pay attention to it anymore. We have selective hearing because we paid attention to every sound. It would drive us crazy. For example, tonight when you're by yourself, maybe you can't sleep, just close your eyes and listen to your house and listen to all the sounds that you will hear in and around your house. It is amazing when you're really paying attention how much sound is going on. And one of the sounds you'll hear is faint, but it's very detectable. And it's just this constant low droning noise. It's the buzz of your refrigerator. You have checked it out. Even if you have a new refrigerator, it's still there. You've just learned not to listen to it. And now, so that's one sound. Let me talk about another sound, one that isn't annoying. I've been listening to some songs lately by the artist Teddy Swims. You've probably never heard of him because he doesn't write and sing his own songs. He sings what's called cover songs. He sings other people's songs oftentimes better than the original. He sings Rivers by 660. It just is a goosebump moment. It's just magical. I, wanna, I, I got an image of him, though. It's kind of fun. That's Teddy Swims. Does he not look like a love child between Santa Claus and a gangster? <laughs> okay. <laughs> and, he's, and he works at Chili's. He's on Team Fajita, okay? He just does this, and he's trying to make a music. I mean, listen to him. He's, his voice is just angelic, Okay. His music is still sound. It's the sound of his voice. It's the sound of instruments. But it's the sound that's been creatively arranged to make something beautiful. So we got two sounds. One that's beautiful, Teddy Swim's voice, and one that's annoying, your refrigerator buzz. Our lives oftentimes resemble refrigerator buzz, don't they? 
The same old, same old happening every day. One day blending into the next. Life just kind of droning on like the buzz of our refrigerator. And God wants more for us than that. So he gives us things to break up the monotony in our life. Things like Sabbath, like Sunday, Sabbath for us. Sabbath is one day that's not like the rest of the days. It's different. It's special. Instead of thinking about all that you have to do, you stop your work and you consider what God is doing. It's a day instead of working to, to rest and play and pray, it's, it's a day to breathe in deep the breath of God. Another such gift that God gives us is actually the season of Advent. Advent breaks up the monotony of our calendar. It does. It injects some specialness into our calendars. It arranges our time to make something beautiful, just like music arranges sound to make something beautiful. And right now, i got to be honest with you, in my opinion, things don't seem very Christmassy right now in our world. They don't seem very Adventy. And it brings to mind a quote of a hero of mine, Martin Luther King Jr., when he said this during a sermon. He wasn't just a social activist. He was a, he is a preacher. And man, Read his sermon someday. Dude could bring it, okay? He says this at a Christmas sermon. This Christmas sermon, I mean this Christmas season, this was in 1967, finds us a rather bewildered human race. We have neither peace without or peace within. Oh my gosh, that's how I feel sometimes right now. I really do. I feel like where is peace? Where's this peace thing we're talking about during all of our Christmas songs? It's like the world screaming at us right now. Don't get your hopes up. Things are just going to continue to get worse and uglier and harder. Advent flies in the face of that and says, no, no, don't buy into that cynicism. Don't buy into that negativity. God has not abandoned you and hope is real. Something good is on the way. Advent's a time to celebrate the fact that God entered into the ache with us. And isn't, it isn't a time to anticipate getting presents under a tree. That's fine and dandy. But it's a time to anticipate his presence with us. There was a, a slogan by the New York Yankees, whom I hate, by the way. I'm a diehard Dodger fan. And I think everybody should hate the Yankees. It's just part of life. And when you spiritually develop, you probably will. Okay. <laughs> You'll be a Raiders fan and you'll hate the Yankees. Two things that just happened in your life, okay? I'm just teasing. But but the Yankees had a brilliant slogan 10 years ago. Their slogan for their upcoming season to get people to buy tickets. I'll put it up on the screen. I loved it. At any moment, a great moment, which I don't know why the turkey's there because Thanksgiving, not a great moment for turkeys, okay? But at any rate, um, at any moment, a great moment. And I thought, oh, I read that the first time. I thought, that is absolutely a brilliant slogan because it went out to all their season ticket holders and it was a way to say to them, man, you got to re-up your season tickets. You got to come to the games and you got to not just come to the games. You got to engage, get off your phone and pay attention because you don't want to miss something spectacular and you want to be there and person for it. I love that slogan because it really sums up Advent. Just when things seem bleak in our lives and dark and hopeless, Advent says to us, get ready, pay attention. God is up to something at any moment, a great moment. Look forward to what God is going to do in our world this year in our cities this year, in our families this year, and in our personal lives at any moment, a great moment, okay? That's Advent. That's the sound. That's Object A. And lastly, the burglary. 
You know, Christmas is famous for burglaries. There's a lot of theft going on during Christmas, and it used to be they had to break into your house and, you know, be a decent in-person thief, you know. But nowadays, they can just steal stuff out of your car, or they can just steal your car, or they can steal your identity and just rob you blind, and you never even see their face, all right? But there's one type of burglary that happens during Christmas that's actually a good thing, and let me explain. There is a common section of scripture that's read every Advent season by people all over the world. In fact, today, millions of people are reading this scripture together because it's what's read on the first day of Advent. So we're actually going to participate in something that millions of others of Christians are doing all over the world right now. And it's not some verses about the birth of a baby in a barn or wise people coming from the east. It's a, a couple of verses about a burglary. Seriously, it's about theft. Check it out. This is Matthew 24, verses 42 and 40 through 44. Therefore, keep watch, because you do not know on what day your Lord will come. But understand this. If the owner of the house had known at what time of night the thief was coming, he would have kept a watch and would not have let his house be broken into. So you also must be ready, because the Son of Man will come at an hour when you do not expect him. You know, when I was young, I'll talk about this verse in a moment. When I was young, I totally believed in Santa. I, I'm not afraid to admit that to you. I mean, I bought it hook, line, and sinker. And then I got older and I found out that my parents were big, fat liars, okay, participating in a, in a cultural deception that had been going on for decades, evidently, a deception based on trying to get your kids to behave if only for a moment, okay? Better watch out evil Santa is watching, and he might not bring you any presents. It's a horrible story, okay? But somehow I got through these times of deception, and I still had a good attitude about Christmas. I still look forward to Christmas. I absolutely love it, and the reason I look forward to it is presents. I love presents. I I already made my wish list, and my Christmas wish list is long. It's like a scroll, okay? And my other family members go, oh, I don't know what I want. I don't don't know. They just hem and haw about their list, and I'm going, are you kidding me? I I could double this amount. Like, I know all the things I want. I want a lot of things, okay? So I love giving presents. I love getting them. I even like wrapping them, all that, okay? In the verses we just read, God, though, is not pictured as this cosmic Santa that brings us things. He's pictured as a divine thief that takes things from us. That's what he's pictured as, somebody that's going to swipe your stuff, which is totally cool when you think about it. Now, it's not often that you get things ripped off from you, and it's a good thing. A couple of years ago, Jessica and I, we owned a Nissan Pathfinder, and evidently they get stolen a lot. We didn't know that. Helpful information. And we parked it outside of the theaters at Gateway, and we walked out after a movie, and it was gone. And you know you have these senior moments where you're going, it must be I, I forgot where I parked it, right? But after walking around the whole entire parking lot, we realized, oh my gosh, somebody jacked our car. I can't believe this. And we found it a few days later. My neighbor's a policeman. He found it over in Springfield minus the stereo and smelling like body odor and cigarettes and with, you know, like Red Bull cans all over the place. It had been stripped. I wanted to just just get a big vat of Clorox and drive my car into it. And that's basically what I did because I'm a germaphobe. And I go, 
oh my gosh, I can't touch anything in here for a while. So it was awful. But in the case we just read about, it's different. I believe in the thief Jesus. I do. He's, He's a good kind of thief. He comes into our life and he takes things away from us. He'll come into your life and say, hey, look at that bitterness you've been carrying around with you. What, let me just have that. Let me just take that away from you. He'll come and say, look at that love of money that's been strangling your spiritual life. I'll just take that with me too. And look at that self-loathing. You're your own worst critic all the time. You're constantly beating yourself up. That's constantly on your mind, all these negative thoughts. I'm just going to grab that and stuff it in my bag too. And look at that, that behavior. It used to be just an occasional kind of faulty behavior, but then it became a habit, and now it's an addiction in your life, and it's killing you. Why don't I just start piece by piece pulling that out of your life as well? So, yeah, that's what Advent is. So a great question to ask yourself during this Advent season isn't, what am I going to get? A great question is, what is Jesus going to take from me? What do I want him to take from me? That's a great question. In the next few weeks, you're going to be asked ad nauseum this question. So, are you ready for Christmas? Some of you have already been asked that question. And what it usually means, what they want to know is, do you have your tree up? Do you have your lights up on your house? Do you have your list done? Have you gone to the parties? Have you planned the parties? Have you maxed out your visa? Have you thrown away the nasty fruitcake that your weird aunt sent you? All of these things, okay? But Advent is not about chaos and debt and stress. It's about asking yourself, are you ready for Jesus? Not just celebrating his birth once again, we certainly will do that. But are you ready for more of him? Are you ready for more discoveries about him, more experiences with him? Because that's when you know you're ready for Christmas. Advent, a season we look over oftentimes in many churches, rocks. It's one of the coolest seasons of the year. Why don't I pray for us right now? And then we're going to have, I want Derek, can you come up here before you leave today? We've got a few announcements to make for you too. So hop on up here, Derek. God, thank you so much for Advent. May we eagerly anticipate Jesus in our lives. The real Jesus, not the object A Jesus. The Jesus who whispers to our hearts, don't be afraid, I'm with you. The Jesus who fills us with hope that at any moment there's going to be a great moment. The Jesus who steals our stuff, stuff we should have never had as a part of our lives in the first place. Yeah, we are ready for you, Jesus. So wake us up. Make us aware of the reality and the intimacy of your presence this Advent season. We love you so much. Thank you for the specialness that you've injected into our calendars. In your name we pray. Everyone said? Amen. Before you take off and head for the exits, I know it's a busy season, but Derek here, my buddy Derek, has a few announcements he wants to make you aware.